0: What's up everybody and welcome to the podcast Dog Mom Mentality where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions. I am your virtual bestie Caroline and I have my furry friend here Layla and we are going to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being. If you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog then this is the podcast for you. Hello friends, how are you? It is Caroline here. Oh, and and Layla apparently. She has decided to make her appearance on the Dog Mom Mentality podcast. I hope you are having a beautiful day. It was another beautiful day here in Kentucky. It was very sunny and bright and not super warm, but not very cold either. So it was nice. We went for a good good walk and a good little play session outside. Speaking of play, something that we are doing for the month of March is the 30 days of play and I have been trying to document that on Instagram but ended up having to take a few days off of Instagram just for my overall mental health and I am feeling better now. However, I missed out on a few days of documenting. However, we are definitely still doing the 30 days of play. I've still been thinking about my goal and my intentions before we play and then like reflecting on on it after of what areas we felt good in, what areas I could have improved or she could have improved or what challenges we faced while we played or what challenges we overcame while we played. So there is more on that on my Instagram if you would like. I have a story highlight dedicated to that. And it's something that we did last year that I feel like really bonded us and really transformed us into like where we are now in our relationship and with our training and with play. And so you can really start it at any time. Um, but last last year we did it during the month of March. So I decided to to do it again, to just do something fun and Put a little spring on our step. So yeah, if you are interested, you can check that out on Instagram. There's a little template that I'm following that I go by day by day thinking about what I want out of our play session. Anyways, we are supposed to get like six inches of snow this weekend here in Kentucky. So that's not very fun, but by the time that this episode comes out, I'm hoping that the sun will be warm and bright and sunny again. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, for the nice spring weather. I think I said this on the last episode, but spring is definitely my favorite. I'm going to go ahead and get into my happies and crappies. So, like I said, I took a few days off of Instagram. I was just filling. Very overwhelmed and to be completely honest with you all, I have felt not like myself. Um I've kind of went through this whole like realization, I guess you could say, the past few days where I just haven't really felt like myself in, in honestly quite some time, and I really think it's because I've been filling up my days with like a thousand things to do and trying to meet all these expectations instead of like living my life. And I've been trying to fit this mold for so many different things. Like I've been trying to be the perfect dog mom, the perfect fiance, the perfect friend, the perfect person on Instagram, like beat the algorithm, be a creator, also have a a full-time job, like do well at that, be a daughter, like go out and do fun things. And I think like over time, I have just really overwhelmed myself and when I did have opportunities to go out and do things that are fun or that I would enjoy or that like I would feel like I'm living and just like being myself, I said no because I wanted to do X, Y, and Z or like catch up on like, things for my work, or things for dog mom mentality, or, you know, I was just, like, exhausted because we had a bad training day, and I, like, took it too personal, and so all these things kind of combined, I just really lost myself, is, it's really the best way I can explain it, and it sucks, it really, really sucks, um, and then, like, I feel like I, was just in this cycle and filled filled myself up with all these things to do that I never really even gave myself time to sit down and think or sit down and journal and and pr- like I I journaled but not in like not in like the best way possible I feel like I felt like I like even with that I was just like almost writing something to be writing something and not like actually processing my day and like thinking about what I did that day to like make me happy. It was more of like, what did I do that day? Like what, what check boxes did I, was I able to mark off that day? I wasn't really looking at my day in like a fulfilling way. I was looking at it in like a mechanical, like very, task oriented type of way and really let others I should well I shouldn't say others put the expectation on me but it was more so I know what the expectation is as a creator or as a dog mom or as a engineer or as a x y and z and like I know like or I came up with whatever like perfection is for that or like what I've read is perfection or like what I have read is the standard like followed the rule book how you are supposed to do that and then after trying to be the like perfection or like the gold student gold star student of like all these different things they all just started started to contradict one another with time and effort and then I just ended up feeling exhausted quite literally every single day and so even the days that I did let loose a little bit it was like you know I will let loose and like not do emails today but because I'm not doing that I'm going to catch up on like writing a caption or I'm gonna catch up and take Layla for a really long walk which taking Layla for a long walk is really enjoyable to me, but at the same time I felt like it was more so forced and like I was just trying to fill off or just trying to to mark off a checkbox instead of like doing it because I enjoy it. Does that make sense? I feel like a lot of people have actually gone through this at times, but it's, you know, it's, it's hard to like step back and realize that. Um, and, you know, I've had some, I'm really fortunate to have some people in my life to, kind of give me that reality check, which is nice, but now it's up to me to hold myself accountable and not overdo it to the point that, you know, I, I end back up here, basically. So that is my crappy, but it's, it's also a happy in that, you know, I did have this reality check, and I feel like it's a good time to, like, do a little bit of reprioritization and, really figure out like why I want to do all the things that I want to do and how to do it that is best for me, Caroline, and not like the expectation that I think it should be. So I think it's a a little bit of like a rebirth moment. (laughs) Um, Sounds kind of funny. I feel like actually this, I just came up with this, but this is definitely my... Quarter century life crisis. So I'm turning 25 in May, and I feel like this is this is it. This is my quarter century life crisis. So (laughs) I can't hold that laugh at that. So those are my happies and crappies. I did take the the few days off of Instagram, so I didn't get to ask others what their happies and crappies were, but I. I will get back on that soon, so be ready and be on the lookout for that in my stories. On another note, we have another guest on today. It is our third episode of the four-part series of this dog-inspired career paths and business series that I've been doing, and if you've listened to the past two, I feel like they've been just really interesting. I've, I've looked back and, and listened to a few different pieces of them and I find it so intriguing and like so motivational because like I am all about combining your your passions and then like your passions and what you're excited about and what you're good at and like making that a career. I think that is so impactful. I feel like that's really like if if you can get paid for what you love to do, that's amazing. Like that is the dream. That is the dream job. Like I would, would love that. I mean, I basically take Instagram and like the podcast and content creation and all of that kind of as a side hustle or a second job because it is so meaningful to me that, you know, I treat it with, with such like basically how I would as a job, like I treat it like very high up. And so, and I take it very seriously. And so, you know, to be able to actually have something that you are super passionate about and that be your job job and not like your side hustle, that is just really, really great and so inspiring to me. So today we are talking to somebody that they're, Current business actually started off as a side hustle for about a year, and then she transitioned fully into this being her full-time job. Today's episode is with Michelle, who is a former director of technology who has turned into a pet industry entrepreneur. Michelle's dog Kono is a four-year-old Amstaff Terrier mix, and they live in LA, and she says he makes her life brighter every day with his derpy personality. Michelle says he is like a big lug who has no idea of his size and doesn't seem to feel anything when he runs into doorways because his head is so thick, This derpy boy inspired her first company, Kono's Kitchen, which is a treat company that we we talk about a lot in this episode. And this has inspired her newest endeavor, Space to Fail. So we are going to be talking about Kono's Kitchen and Space to Fail all throughout this episode. And I think it is so inspiring how Michelle has turned what she loves and what she knows she's good at into something that she can take on and conquer the world with as her job. I was really fortunate to have the time to ask Michelle how she makes a dog treat company different from all the other dog treats or different from all the other single ingredient freeze-dried dog treats. And she shared with me that it's all about community for her. And after she said that, I was like, oh yeah, duh. Because if you go to her Instagram or her website or her podcast, Space to Fell, it is all about community. It's all about empowerment and it's all about motivation. And I feel like she does such an excellent job with that. So if you have not checked out her Instagram or her website or the Kono's Kitchen Treats, you can go check that out and find it in the show description. I hope you all enjoyed this episode and have been enjoying this series. And we are going to get into today's episode with Michelle. It is no secret that we all get stressed out sometimes and I will be the first to say that sometimes I get stressed because of my dog. Whether it's we're out for a walk and something happens or somebody runs up to us or maybe I just have a lot of meetings throughout the day and then Layla is being super needy so I get very overstimulated. I feel like we've all had those moments. When this happens, I like to have a little routine where I light a candle or do some aromatherapy. Maybe I'll get my journal out and ready to write. And then I grab my phone and go to the Open app. Open is a mindfulness studio and app that features a variety of classes in meditation, yoga, Pilates, and breath work. Right now, my favorite is the breath work. You can filter it to be the time of day. So maybe in the morning, I will do some breath work or a meditation to give me more energy. And then at night, I will do something that calms me down a little bit. I especially love it because it is so aesthetically pleasing to look at and they also have new classes uploaded every day. One of the coolest features is that you can do a live class and invite a friend and you can do the class virtually together. I would love if you joined me on the Open app, and you can get a 30-day free trial using my code DMM30. You can find them by searching on the App Store "Open Dash A Mindfulness Studio," or go to their website go.o-p-e-n.com/dmm30. And of course, the links to all of this are in the show description. If you do decide to join, please make sure to use my code DMM. 30 for a 30-day free trial. Okay, everybody, today we have a really good friend of mine that has been Honestly, like one of the first people that I really connected with, like on dog Instagram, we were in a group chat together. So I feel like I've known Michelle and Kono for for quite some time. But today we have Michelle on, who is the dog mom of Kono. And she has a few different business ventures, which we're really excited to talk about today. And this is a part of a larger series on careers inspired by dogs and lead, leading into to some different career paths. So I'm so, so excited to talk about that with Michelle today. So thanks for being on.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. And like you said, you're one of my first dog parent friends and we talk every day. And so this is just really fun to have this conversation with you and feel like we have a lot in common as well, coming from a background in tech, which I'm sure we'll get to, and then kind of venturing into our own business ventures inspired by our dogs. So thank you.
0: Yeah. Something I forgot to mention too, is that Michelle is also a fellow podcaster. So if if you are, you know, into this podcast, go check out her podcast, Space to Fell, after you listen to this episode.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: Yeah, and rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> so, to start us off, um, tell us a bit about you and Kono and how you all are
1: doing. Kono and I are doing very well. I got him and I adopted him in December of 2018, so it's been a little over three years. He's a little over four now. Um, he was about one when I first got him, so he was. He was a bit smaller. The shelter actually told me that he was two, but he gained like 30 pounds in six months. And so I'm pretty sure he was younger than what they said. Um, It's always hard to tell. And he had come in as a stray. So I have no idea what his backstory is. Um, He was just, and I was looking for a girl actually. So I was looking for a female Mm -hmm. and I was going to name her Kona. And so that's how his name Kono came about is because I just, switched out the last letter. Um, and so he was he was just jumping up in his kennel and trying to lick me through it. and it was just one of those moments where he chose me. And so I remember when I first saw him, he had just been at the shelter for about a week and they typically hold the dogs for about two weeks. so I had to wait an entire week before I could even go back and and get him if he was oh, still sucks. there. It was nerve wracking. I literally called the shelter every single day and I had his like kennel number and I was
0: like, is he still there? Tell me he's still there. Like hope his owner didn't pick him up
1: because. Oh yeah.
0: So like you would have, the only way that you would have not gotten him was if the owner came and picked him up. I think so. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. And obviously if he had escaped and he came from a good home, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, I'd want him to reunite with his owner, but, um, ended up that he, he didn't get picked up and I assume he wasn't microchipped. And so, um, I went back a week later and then they saw to I was mix it up, spay or neuter. Um, yeah. him and then, so I picked him up a few days later and brought him home. So that was a little over three years ago. And he's a, he's an American Staffordshire Terrier mix, so he's a brindle boy. He's mm-hmm. part Mastiff, Chow Chow, and German Shepherd, and he's about eighty five pounds now, so he's still still pretty big.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask how much he weighs because he is a big boy, but he's actually lost weight, and he, he looks has. Really bad.
1: Thank you. Yeah, he lost some weight um, when he was doing a board and train last year. And he was on a treadmill every other day. So more (laughs) exercise than I've gotten in a long time. (laughs) And so um, I'm, I'm surprised that I was able to keep it off because I don't have a treadmill, but I I think that's a good kind of case study in that you don't necessarily need expensive equipment to be able to keep your dog fit. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of it was just portion control. And then also a lot of walking that we did. So yeah, he's, I mean, he's still, he's still pretty big and Mm-hmm. Every time people see him in person, they're always surprised at how tall he is because he is pretty tall.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. That's that's crazy to me. Because I feel like I mean, I feel like he's probably bigger than Layla, but not that much bigger. But if he's taller, then I would probably I th- see him. And I be think you'd like, oh be surprised. <laughs> no, I <laughs> yeah. think you'd be surprised how tall he is. <laughs> and you all live in LA, right?
1: We do. Yeah. So we live in LA. I'm not too far from downtown. So I'm like in LA, LA Um, though. My neighborhood is a little bit more suburby. So luckily there's no city streets that I have to walk on when I walk him and there aren't, there aren't a ton of dogs. There's a decent amount, just in LA in general. And if we go to the park, there's a shit ton of off-leash dogs. So that's
0: fun. (laughs) (laughs) So on top of, you know, being like your, your entrepreneur self, you are also really passionate about training Kono too, just due to yes. some of his, uh, like reactivity and confidence building. And, and you've done an excellent job, uh, with that with him too, as well, of course, giving him Kono's kitchen treats. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Rewarding him with the best treats out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that's like what we're going to get into now. Mm -hmm. And so you have a company called Kono's Kitchen, which is Mm -hmm. a single ingredient uh, freeze-dried treat. Mm -hmm. And so tell us a little bit about how that company came to be and what really inspired it.
1: Sure. Um, So I adopted him in 2018. And then around 2019, I think near the end of that year, I started looking into raw diets and so I started kind of doing some research around it and thinking about switching him over. Um, so between 2019 and 2020, I did switch him over and I was doing homemade for about 10 months. So I was making it myself. Um, and and by making, I mean, I was going to the grocery store and I was sourcing the meat and the organs and Luckily in LA, there's a lot of Mexican and Asian supermarkets. And so a lot of these, you know, like chicken feet and Mm -hmm. um, beef liver, they're easier to find for me and they're not too far away. So I was making that myself and it was really overwhelming at first. I think that when you're first looking into it, especially when it comes to your pet's health and their diet, you don't want to fuck that up. You don't want to give them the wrong thing that could potentially make them sick or, you know maybe something that they're allergic to. It was a lot of trial and error in on my part in just mostly like the portion sizes as well as what types uh, like the balance of the meats mm-hmm. versus organs and things like that. I think um, I would be
0: nervous about like the vitamins and minerals and making sure that that was all right.
1: Cool. And making that exactly making sure that he's getting all of those supplements and the vit- vitamins and minerals that he needs. Um and so that part, what I ended up doing um, a little bit later on is I actually switched to a pre-made raw um, for multiple reasons. One of which was time because it was taking me so long to prep his food. And then um, two, I just felt more comfortable with a going with a company and it's a local company that has this balanced pre-made raw, and then just adding anything on top of it that I wanted to, whether that was fresh fish or, um, turmeric or golden paste, um, I Mm -hmm. guess, um, or, you know, any other supplements like, uh, for his joints and things like that. So as I was going through that process, I thought about how intimidating that must be for other people as well. Mm -hmm. And then during that time, I kind of started training him a little bit more and I stumbled on freeze dried raw treats. And that was something I felt like was a healthier alternative, Right. in a way to kind of incorporate better treats into his diet. So rather than having something with more fillers, I could give him single ingredient freeze dry treats and I could either put it on his meals or I could use it in our training. Um, and so that's how Kono's kitchen was born. And then with uh, with when I started the company, a big part of it too was honestly the size of it. Because I had been using so many treats with Kono and I had, I constantly had to break them down into smaller pieces. And so that takes up a lot of time too. And so I wanted treats that I didn't have to break down that I could just toss in a treat pouch that wouldn't be, you know, like greasy on my hands Mm -hmm. if I were to toss them in my pockets. And or so that exactly, or like have the dust and crumble. Um, and I wanted something that was easier and, and quicker to feed mm-hmm. because,
0: you know, as you know, timing matters in so mm-hmm. much of training. So you really came at it from like a nutrition and a training perspective, which I think makes it really unique.
1: I did. And the funny thing is it's kind of evolved because when I first launched Kono's Kitchen, I launched it with more of a focus on nutrition. Mm-hmm. And then as his and mine relationship kind of evolved and developed. Um, I just became so much more passionate about training. And so a lot of my content now on our Instagram or on our social media is about training. It's about our journey. It's about things that we struggle with. And and you know, that has always kind of been, the foundation of the brand. When I first mm-hmm. launched Kona's Kitchen, I was like, I want to launch a brand for imperfect pet parents. Like I want to launch a brand for people. Like you see so much curation, that's right. a word on social media. And I want it to show kind of the real side of being a dog parent, being a dog mom and showing like the struggles that we go through. And it's hard in the moment to actually film when he's having a reaction. And I'm sure we'll get, get to that. Like His reactivity is something that has been really tough um, and that we've had to work through. And so I even if I don't always show it, I talk about it a lot Mm -hmm. on our in our um, on our Instagram.
0: And it's a great way that you have built community. And along with that, I feel like you also put out really good like templates or guides, I should say, for for various things. Um, Thank you. And that I think are like really educational. So you, you have like a really good community driven, you know, page, but you also put out informational and educational content. And it all still goes back to like your main purpose of your, of your brand, which is the like nutrition and training aspects that you, the problems that you first saw or had with Conan.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I really appreciate you saying that because like building community is so important to me and it's such an important part of my brand. And for me, the reason why I want to build community is because when I got Kono, who was my first dog ever Mm -hmm. by myself, um, I felt like I didn't have the support that I needed. I didn't have, I didn't know where to go for training classes. I went to a pet smart class for (laughs) 12 weeks or so that was not helpful. And that, you know, like we ended up leaving because I was shamed by the teacher when he started reacting at other dogs and she made it seem like, or yeah, by the teacher and, Mm -hmm. or the trainer. And she made it seem like it was my fault that he was reacting. And, and in some ways, like in hindsight, it might've been like having him in that class. Yeah. is probably part of part of that. Like, I don't think that he was ready for that environment. I don't think he needed to be in that environment where it was like a small room with lots of dogs mm-hmm. nearby and it just wasn't ideal for him. So in in that sense, like, yeah, that was my fault. Um, and, and there's a lot of things I look back on now that I would not do
0: with, you know, the next dog that I end up getting. Mm-hmm. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, but like also the trainer really shouldn't have, shamed you they should have been
1: yeah I agree (laughs) hey
0: like you know from a behavior standpoint like your dog might not be ready for this kind of yeah for sure (laughs) and I think I don't I think
1: I don't know if it was just they they themselves weren't equipped to be in that position to support Mm -hmm. me in the way that I needed to be supported and so a big reason why I share so much about what we've gone through on um, the Kono's Kitchen social media is because I feel like there's so many other people out there who are going through the same thing. First time dog parents don't really know what food to feed, how to mm-hmm. train their dogs, how to live with their dogs. And while I'm not a trainer, I feel like sharing my own story and my own journey with Kono can hopefully help some people out there
0: oh, and for so sure. That's the community that
1: I want to build. Yeah.
0: Yeah, cuz I I feel the exact same way. Like just being open about it makes people feel less alone and like they can actually ask questions without exactly being cornered and, you know, feeling that shame. Right. Or feeling like embarrassed or guilty. So I think it's it's such an important role that that we're doing. Yeah, um, for sure. And I love like being able to have somebody else uh that's like really like-minded about that and and thinks about it similarly. I feel like a lot of people in our In our little group message that we've had going for so long is in that same boat.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think so. I think we're very lucky that we've connected with such like-minded people who are very like-minded, I think, in our openness and our Mm -hmm. open-mindedness. Like, you think that has been so crucial to just how great it's been.
0: For sure. And I want to circle back to just like how overwhelming nutrition can be kind of like what you were talking about at first, you were worried Mm -hmm. about, am I getting enough like protein and, and, uh, vitamins and minerals and everything. And it's really intimidating because I have thought about transitioning Layla over to raw to see if it could maybe help some of her allergies. Mm -hmm. And it is one, it's it's intimidating and you, I don't want to like waste money because I'm like, well, what if I give her like the wrong thing and it doesn't work, but I spent a lot of money on it? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just like a lot of different factors that go into it. And so I haven't fully made the transition to raw for Layla, but one thing that I really like is that I feel like I am doing a little bit of my part to like help out some by feeding her your treats versus some crappy treat.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's so many, so many treats out there with ingredients you can't pronounce and just so many fillers and things that they just really don't need Mm -hmm. that, you know, like when you look at, so I've got salmon, beef and beef liver and chicken and chicken liver, and those are essentially the ingredients. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that that's what they're getting. And, and then just from, you know, like a portion or caloric standpoint, It's not anything extra. That's extra waste or corn or things like that.
0: Yeah, I feel like I'm doing my one percent better every day (laughs) since I like feed her the single ingredient freeze dried raw treats. And but even though I like can't fully transition her to to fully a raw diet, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah, and I think that's kind of you know what I was thinking too when I started the company was. I know that not only is it intimidating, but it's really expensive and not everybody can afford to feed a fully raw diet. So I felt like, you know, if you were to have Kono's kitchen treats and at least use that in your training, then it is, you know, better than some alternatives. Mm -hmm. And that is one way to feed your dog healthier without fully switching over.
0: Right. Yeah. That's like how I've thought about it. And like one thing that I've tried to tell people is like, it's, you know, it's like 1% that you could do better. You might not be able to do like the full 100, but it's, you know, the 1% or the 5% that you, you could do better, Yeah, especially because I don't feel super knowledgeable about pet nutrition. And so like the, that's one of the reason that, um, switching to, to a raw diet is so intimidating to me.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like I I don't feel knowledgeable about human nutrition. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> so you you are now a full-time entrepreneur. You yeah. were in the tech industry and then transitioned to to having Kono's kitchen and then a few other endeavors. So can you tell us a bit about those new like startups and what your goals and aspirations are for them?
1: Yeah, sure. So I was, I was formerly uh, the director of technology for a digital marketing agency, and I was there for about seven years, and I quit my job last July. So I had been running Kono's Kitchen on the side nights and weekends um, for about a year before I quit my full-time job, and then six, six or seven months later. So I quit that in July, and then um, early this year, so early January I actually launched Space to Fail, which is Mm -hmm. both a creative consultancy and a podcast. So the podcast Space to Fail is it's about the real challenges that both dog owners and business owners face on their individual journeys. So it's about kind of just peeking behind the veil. And when I talk to business owners, a lot of whom are in the dog industry, I'm talking to them about what are some of the challenges that you face and starting your business How did you know where to even start? Where did you, you know, how'd you get a logo? Things like that. And are you making money? Um, So (laughs) those are a lot of the kind of questions that I ask because they're things that I, as a small business owner would want to know. Right. And, um, you know, like you see all these things on on YouTube or wherever that are like how I made $30,000 in a day or even in a month or whatever. And it makes it feel so unattainable. It makes it feel like success, however you define it from a monetary, in a monetary sense or financial sense, it makes it feel so much less attainable. Whereas if you're listening to these conversations that I'm having with people, you're like, all right, they're actually, you know, like things are not as easy as they might seem. And so for somebody who might be struggling and going through that, they kind of like what we were saying earlier, like maybe they won't feel as alone. Mm-hmm. And so that's what my podcast is about. So again, with the dog owners, I'll be talking about similar, similar sort of theme, um, to basically help other people who are listening not feel alone in what they're struggling yeah. with because everyone else is struggling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <just the same, laughs> basically, um, but it is about you know, like embracing embracing those failures and those mistakes and creating that space to fail so that you can empower growth. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's kind of what the consultancy is about as well. Um, With space to fail, uh, the creative consultancy, I recognize that my talents are in creating systems and in setting up business systems to uh, be automated and to kind of free up your time so that you don't have to focus on the day-to-day or the, you know, manual Mm -hmm. tasks that you have to do. So things like setting up email marketing, um, setting up social media templates on Canva, um, creating even folders within Canva so you can organize everything, or talking to business owners about all these different moving pieces and how do they strategize and how do they create a marketing strategy around it and a long-term vision for Mm -hmm. their company. So that's something that I'm just starting um, and I am, I want to work with small businesses. I want to share from my own experiences. And while I've only had my own small business for a little under two years, I guess about a a year and a half, a year and seven months, I think that there's a lot that I've set up. Um, There's a lot that I think I set up based on my knowledge and previous experience at my agency. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So like
1: with that agency experience, and that marketing experience, I'm setting up workflows and, um, with Kono's kitchen, I'm setting up like a welcome series email workflow. I set up before I even launched my site. So when somebody first signs up for a newsletter, this is the first email they get. And then two days later, they'll get another email. Yeah. Like a little email, email series. Exactly. Yeah. And I've met so many business owners who don't have copy on their about page or they don't have, you know, they have only images on their homepage. Gotcha. So there's a lot of ways I think that I can provide value. And so that, that kind of fulfills, that kind of scratches my small business itch. Whereas Kono's Kitchen is really about like the dog community. And, and I think there is a lot of kind of overlap and crossover Mm there. um, I think so too. Yeah. Like a lot of my community are people who are, who own small businesses in the dog space. Right. So,
0: yeah. I think it's, both of those. no, I totally agree. And like, just from my perspective, it was extremely easy for me to pick out a handful of people to do this like little career series, with <laughs> that, you know, dogs inspired their career paths or dogs inspired their businesses. And it, you know, it kind of like proves your point that there are so many people in the pet space that also do small businesses.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and it's really great connecting with them all. Yeah, I think another really cool thing too is that even though you've only had your small business for, you know, a year and seven months, I think is what you said. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's really nice to have a, really fresh perspective. Like you do this for yourself and like, it's really fresh for you. So then whenever you go to present it to other people, you, you know, you're like, I know this works because I do it for my own business. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And I can share from what I've done and, and obviously I don't know everything. I'm constantly Mm -hmm. learning about whether it's dog training uh, information or small businesses and how to run a small business, I'm constantly learning, but even the mistakes that I've made in my Mm -hmm. small business, I feel like people can learn a lot from that as well.
0: Yeah. It's almost like whoever you work with, you kind of grow together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's like really special. It's like, you're kind of like their big sister (laughs) and that you're like, yeah, I, I, made this mistake and so I don't want you to make that same mistake. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah I think that's really special. So how did you know that it was time to evolve Kono's Kitchen into a full-time business instead of just the side hustle?
1: It wasn't so much about Kono's Kitchen being in the right place. It was about me being in the wrong place. (laughs) Okay What I mean by that is I had been at my job for seven years. I had that last year. I had been incredibly burnt out. Mm -hmm. I was angry all the time. I was not happy. I was not in a good place mentally. Uh, I remember I think four or five months before I actually quit. I had vented to a few people and a few friends and all, all three or four of them basically told me, Hey, I think you should take like a mental health day. <laughs> I think you should take a day <laughs> off. And so that was pretty telling, like that was a pretty big sign to me. And so, you know, I took a day off and did some reflecting and, and while I was still there for another, you know, four or five months or so. And, and part of that was to wrap up things mm-hmm. that I needed to, and to make sure that the team that I was managing was taken care of. That's, that's how I knew. I mean, for me, I always thought that a small business had to be at a certain point financially in order Mm -hmm. to quit. So they had to be earning a certain amount of money or paying themselves a certain amount of money. But for me, it was really about my gut feeling. And it was about knowing that it was about that impending sense of relief that I knew I would feel if I quit, which I did. (laughs) And that's a good feeling, I'm sure. It felt amazing. It was, it's been so great the past seven months, just mm-hmm. being my own boss and being a full time entrepreneur. And I'm also somebody who is very disciplined. And so Which I don't helps. have, a, it helps so much. Yeah. And so I don't have a problem with, you know, scheduling out my day or making sure that I'm working, I don't want to say X amount of hours, but just moving the needle forward each day or each week to, to, you know, move my businesses forward. Mm -hmm. And so that, that part, I wasn't worried about when I quit my job, Um, but it was really just, I wasn't in a good place. And this was a decision to kind of take back my happiness and kind of get back to who I was because I was not happy at all.
0: Yeah. Whenever you are in Maybe not the final months, but I guess you know you kind of had that mental health day like four to five months before you you quit. So maybe like seven or eight months before you quit, and you were kind of in that burnt out state of mind. Did you notice like Kono reflecting any of that back on you? Oh, good question. I know this like wasn't part of the brief, but I'm, I'm very <laughs> curious. You know, because uh, like you're your mood like, can really affect your dog, and then they, you know, can react based on that, and so I'm just curious to know if you, like, ever saw that, or, like, maybe even you had, you know, a tough day at work, where you just got pissed off at work, and so it was, you know, maybe caused some tension at home with Kono.
1: I don't know if I noticed a difference in his mood, because- Mm -hmm. Like I know a lot of, there's a lot of people that talk about how their dogs can kind of sense when they're stressed or they're upset. And I always joke that Kono could care less.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I think the way that it did affect me was that I wasn't as motivated to spend time with him. Yes. And so I wasn't really training him as much and I wasn't putting enough, I wasn't giving him the time and attention that he deserved because I wasn't in a good place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like after that, making that decision after leaving, I definitely had so much more time for him. And I, I feel like our relationship has grown deeper since then.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think like Layla is also not super empathetic. She's also <laughs> like, oh, you're sad. Here's a toy. Yeah. Type of thing. And so, but I have noticed that on my busier weeks. Um, I don't have as much patience with her and like, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. I get annoyed easier, but then that overall affects our relationship. Um, And so, or like maybe I don't give her the amount of time or attention that she normally would have to play or walk or get some of her like energy out type of thing. Mm -hmm. And so Yeah. I guess, I guess my, my question really should have been, how did that affect your relationship versus like it, you know, him reflecting that mood back on you?
1: Yeah. I think like, I definitely, it was kind of a cycle, right? Like I was Mm -hmm. definitely more impatient. Um, and I didn't have as much time for him. And, and then I felt guilty about it. (laughs) Yes. And, and I've been going
0: through
1: that. <laughs> yeah. And that's something that even now I still go through because, you know, like we've talked about before, like I'm, I still have busy days where it's just back to back, like nonstop things that I have to do. And then, yeah. And then I feel guilty for, you know, not giving him the time that he needs to. He's not a dog that needs to get a ton of energy out, mm-hmm. but he loves to be with me. And so even if we're just going out for a walk or we're going out to our meadow and just spending some time together, that's really all he wants. I think for me, it's, I also have to kind of accept that like, there's going to be days where it's like that and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of the hard work that we've put in up until now has really been a blessing because it's, it's allowed me to have those days and know that he's going to be okay when he's, you know, in the living room and I'm working in the office or, you Mm -hmm. know, sometimes I'll open the door and he'll come in here and hang out for a bit and then he'll go out to the living room for a bit. And he typically won't play by himself or in general, I think we don't play a lot, Um, but he, or as much as I'd like to, he just isn't very toy oriented.
0: Yeah. Um, but like or, you said, you get that time together in other areas. Right.
1: Yeah. So for him, it's really just like existing with me <laughs> in the same room, <laughs> that's I all love he really it. Needs, which is great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, I'm, all the work that we've put in until now, like I know that he's okay just hanging out and that's really great. And I think that kind of helps because for those days that I am really busy, um, I know that he is just fine.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Having that really good foundation is, is so beneficial so that like you said, you can have those days where it's like, you may work a little bit later. I guess my, my thought process about it and something that I've been really thinking about a lot right now is that I might have one or two days that I work a little bit more just because I'm taking on other responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I don't, might not get to play with her as much on those days, but I look at it over the bigger picture of like, okay, we might've had two days that we didn't play as much, but over the course of a week, like we still played a lot on five days or we still hung out and, and did walks and did all of this on five days. But if, if I was constantly stressed, then, and you know, maybe I ended up doing work five days instead of two I feel like that could be detrimental to our relationship. Mm -hmm. And I
1: think it's good that you're aware of that. And I think it's also a really good point to look at it from the bigger picture of Mm -hmm. things because it is always a balance, right? You're not going to have, you're not going to be able to play for X amount of time every single day you know, or go, go for like a really long hike every single day. There may be days Mm -hmm. that you can go for a longer walk and then days where you play for five minutes and that's fine. And I I
0: think it kind of just balances out, balances itself out. Yeah, I totally agree. One thing, speaking of balance, this like really leads perfectly into the next question.
1: (laughs) I set you up on purpose. (laughs) I know.
0: So like one thing that you, you've shared about that I really like, and if I am ever an entrepreneur, and doing this full time, I will 110% do this, but you schedule in time to be creative or get inspired during your work day. And so I think that's just like such a cool breakup and balance between work and and setting aside time to be creative, which is so needed when you're an Mm -hmm. entrepreneur. So why do you find this so impactful? So I, on a day-to-day basis, I
1: try to start with spending time with Kono and then having coffee. Um, If I can, I try to read a little bit, but that has, you know, kind of fallen to the the side for a bit. But um, that's kind of how I try to start my day. Mm -hmm. But what you're referring to is every Wednesday morning, um, I schedule in three hours in the morning of inspiration time. So it's my inspiration mornings. And that could mean anything on any given week. It could mean listening to podcasts. It could mean um, reading some business books or dog training books. It could mean working on my vision for the company from kind of a long-term, more strategic perspective, or even just thinking of creative, fun, like contests and giveaways and things like that, mm-hmm. creative ways to build a community. And I feel like that's really important because there's so many, there's so many day-to-day like tasks that I have to do that it could be really easy to just say, Oh, I'll push that, you know, that inspiration time until the next day. And I'll just, I'll think about, or I'll listen to a podcast in my car on the way somewhere. It's like 20 minutes once a week or something. But I feel like for me, some of my best ideas have come out of that time. So Mm -hmm. for me, um, and it's recognizing, what inspires me. Like when I listen to podcasts, I listen to how I built this a lot um, on NPR. Mm -hmm. And so when I listen to those podcast episodes, a lot of times I'll be listening to this other entrepreneur's story and their journey and it'll kind of jog something for me and I'll write down some ideas. And so that's like, I want to be more intentional about that. And so that's kind of um, the, the why behind why I have those times and why I, I literally schedule it into my calendar.
0: Yeah. I think that is so amazing, especially because, you know, I will listen to, I'm one of those people that listens to the podcast in the car and I can't write down an idea like while I'm driving. And so, <laughs> um, and so that really sucks, but yeah, I mean, I, would, I feel like I would benefit from, from that time too. And I've been trying to do a little bit of that in the morning. Like you kind of inspired me to do (laughs) like 30 minutes, uh, some mornings of just, you know, creative time. And it's nice because I will get a lot of ideas like while I'm meditating or while like, I'm kind of just like waking up when, and taking a shower and that sort of things And so it kind of works in nicely to have that as like going into a creative time as well for me.
1: Yeah, I almost look at it as like business self-care.
0: Yeah, that's funny, but that's a great way to describe it. So how do you manage being a full-time business owner and a full-time dog owner? And you've already talked a little bit about how you have like felt guilty at times for, for not giving Kono as much time. And something that I personally struggle with whenever I'm doing like some content creation or like some other responsibilities for like kind of the, the business side of what I do, even though it's, it's not a full-time business, but like, I feel bad, especially because Layla is like, what is driving my whole like brand. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to know how you deal with that.
1: Tough balance his strike. I mean, one of the things I keep in mind is most of what I do and the money that I earn goes to Kono. So I am (laughs) doing this for him. True. But for me, it's, it's, again, it goes back to being intentional with my time. So I really like to start my days with him when I can. um, And whether that's just having coffee with him while you know we're going for a walk or while we're hanging out um, nearby in the meadow or doing short training sessions with his breakfast, things like that. I try to be intentional about the time that I do spend with him.
0: Um, mm-hmm. And it,
1: it's also a good excuse for me to take a break. Right. So, I mean, I, I tend to kind of just get super focused and Can work on hours on any given thing, especially when it comes to creating content. And Mm -hmm. so it's a good kind of reminder to be like, all right, take a break, go outside with him, play with him, you know, just get some fresh air and then come back and do what you need to do. So, yeah,
0: like the work is always going to be there.
1: Right. It's always going to be there. And what's kind of nice about my work is I typically don't have deadlines or if Mm -hmm. I do are deadlines that I've set for myself. Mm -hmm. So I look at it kind of from a bigger picture. And one thing that I'm constantly asking myself when it comes to my work is, can I do it tomorrow? Yeah. And I think that that could, you know, for some people it could be kind of a slippery slope of like, yeah, I feel like it definitely could, (laughs) but that's
0: where you being disciplined, you know, comes back into play.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, cause you know, like life is so short and it sounds so cliche, but like, if there's things that I really could wait until tomorrow to do, then yeah, I'm going to take this time to go out and play with him or spend time with him. Mm-hmm. If it's, and and that, that applies to, you know, like spending time with my partner, or with my family as well. Yeah. Like if randomly my mom's like, Hey, do you want to grab lunch? And I look at it as, you know, quality time that I'm prioritizing over my business and that I feel like in the grand scheme of things is more important. Like that time with the people who are close to me is more important than, you know, this blog post that I need to finish or whatever I'm doing, you know, this podcast episode that I'm editing, Mm -hmm. like that can wait, that can wait until tomorrow. And I think having that balance has really kind of put things into perspective and allows me to. Hustle when I need to, but also I mean it's like work hard, play hard, right? Yeah. So that's kind of how I approach the things that I I need to do and
0: and the things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you like still need to improve on like per- I don't want to say perfecting, but like, do you feel like you you have a hold on the balance, or do you still feel like you lean like more one way or another?
1: I think that I have gotten pretty good at balancing time with Kono and time for my business. Mm. I definitely lean more heavily towards time on my business. I think what I, I'm really shitty at is my time for myself.
0: (laughs) Okay. Gotcha. (laughs) Like, do you factor sleep in as time with yourself or time for yourself? Because I feel like I, I go down the slippery slope of, you know, kind of like prioritizing time with Bobby or with Layla. And then I will be like, well, but I will get the things on my to-do list done tonight. Like I just will kind of like sacrifice sleep Uh a few hours here and there. And then it becomes this process of like five days in a row of five hours of sleep. And then Uh I like wonder why I'm so irritated. (laughs) No, I can totally
1: relate to that. Cause that's not something that I prioritize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's, it's a weird, like, because I'm trying to balance the other things that I actually sacrifice sleep, which I know is really terrible. But yeah. like last week I worked until like 12 AM and then I just wanted to decompress. And so I yeah. was watching Netflix for another like two hours so I didn't sleep until 2 a.m. And then, of course, next day, I'm super tired. And like my body feels it for sure. Like recently, mm-hmm. I think I've been especially this month, like with launching Space to Fail, the company and the podcast, I've been just pushing myself so to hard. The and then Yeah, to the limits. And then also like trying to create online course content and like starting to do that as well. And so I I feel the physical effects mm-hmm. now and I feel like that's my body telling me to slow down and I need to be better about listening to it, but I haven't
0: so far. Yeah. I like actually was just telling somebody that my, my body is like kind of feeling the effects of not getting as much sleep and pushing myself. However, I'm so excited about what I'm doing so that my mind is (laughs) like, my mind isn't tired, but my body is. You know what I mean. Yeah, I'm the
1: same way. Like I'm just so pumped and so excited about everything I'm doing. I'm like, I just to, I just want to keep working on it. Like I know that's how I feel
0: too. <laughs> that is literally exactly how I feel. So, how have you had to utilize the skills being a dog owner, uh, and especially like a reactive dog owner? What skills have 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 you um, been able to utilize from that? while embarking on your journey as a full-time business owner?
1: I think the biggest one is probably empathy. Mm -hmm. I think with a reactive dog, not only do you learn to have empathy for your dog and what he's going through, you learn to have empathy for other dog owners who are going through something similar. So people like I've seen people on the streets where their dogs were reacting; they were having a tough time holding the leash, and you know, I kind of just look at them and smile and give them space because I get it. I've I've been there. I still go through it sometimes. I think now it's not as bad because I understand what Kono is, uh, what he can handle, what he can't handle, and so I try to not put him in those environments as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but then. I think also having empathy for other people. And so with business um, empathy and talking to your customers or people in your community, empathy and talking to people who are, you know, could be seen as competitors, but that's not, you know, that's not how I want to run my business. I value yeah. collaboration over competition. And so, um, you know, two to my, I'd say to the business friends that I've gotten closer to in the past couple of months, also sell dog treats in LA and we're all no the way. Same pop-ups. Yeah. Oh. Um, so little, little gun which is, um, dehydrated treats. She sells dehydrated treats and then, um, pa mentality who does soft mm-hmm. baked treats. So I met them at Puppeline, a Puppeline event, um, that was put on by positive management. And we just hit it off after that. Like we talk all the time and we're constantly supporting each other. And you know, like we're doing um the Venice Love Fest coming up in uh like mid, I think it's February 19th. Mm-hmm. And we're just so excited that like all three of us are gonna be there and like hopefully we'll get booths close together yeah. so we can <laughs> chat. And so that's kind of how I want to run my business. Um, and then I think Resilience for sure is another thing Um, being able to, as a dog owner of a reactive dog, to be able to Mm -hmm. pivot and to kind of recover myself from his reactions when that does happen, because it's not easy having that resilience um, and being able to kind of put an exit plan or an alternative plan in place that has definitely helped Um, it's, it's also, you know, something that I do with my businesses as well. Like if something doesn't go the way I had planned, then I pivot. um, And I am, you know, I go a different route and I am stronger because of it.
0: Mm -hmm. Both I feel like are very fast paced and that Mm -hmm. you have to like think critically and you have to think fast.
1: Yeah. You kind of have to think on your feet, which I'm not the Mm -hmm. best at, but I've had a lot of practice now.
0: No, that's exactly how I feel too. It's just like, we, we went for a walk yesterday and it was like, I guess part of it was just because we haven't been super consistent on our walks due to the weather. And Mm. then I also changed the time that we were walking. So we, we were like doing our longer walks at 5 PM instead of 8 AM. So like traffic is busier. There's like more people out and like Mm. various things. And we got to a spot, we were playing, and then it was, like, all of a sudden, reality hit her. And she just got super overwhelmed, super anxious. And, like, in that moment, I kind of had to, like, put my emotions aside for a hot second. And Uh think, like, well, what do I, like, how do I need to serve Layla in this moment so that we can get out of this quickly and effectively? And you know, make it home alive and like our best kind of thing. Yeah. So, but it's like come with practice because if this if that exact moment would have happened to me a year ago, I probably would have cried on the like on the scene kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like I would have been frustrated that like the tables turned so quickly and that she was fine one moment and then the next moment she wasn't. And I would feel like out of control because I, I wouldn't be able to like think logically on how to get us home in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it like really comes with time being able to time and experience, being able to like get that resilience and that confidence to it really does because it's, it's so
1: hard in the moment. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's so hard not to take it personally. I think sometimes because you feel like you've put in so much time and work into them and into your relationship that like, why are they still reacting? you know, like why yeah. are they still acting like this? but they're animals. and so there are certain things that you know, we're not going to be able to control. and there are certain things that they they have good days and bad days just like mm-hmm. us. And it is tough to kind of put your emotions aside and to, and to really just take charge and be, be, you know, the leader for them that you need to be and say, you know, I'm you can trust me to take you out of this situation
0: and right. I'm going
1: to get you back and we're going to get back safe.
0: Yes, we're going to be fine. Yeah, <laughs> something that I want to know is you've had a few posts here recently on realizing that Kono is not going to be like a brewery dog. And mm-hmm. that you've accepted that. Have you ever had something like that happen in your business? Where it was different than what I expected? Yeah. Um, I think
1: I think not so much in accepting that it's gonna be a certain way, but kind of more being open to the evolution of my business. Okay. So, like I said when I first launched, it was my intention was to focus more heavily on nutrition than training. Mm -hmm. And I think as the community has grown, it's really been, you know, people have connected a lot with my story and with the things that we've done um, to build our relationship and the things that we work on together. Um, And so it has kind of pivoted. And so for me, it's more about being open to just going with the flow and to kind of seeing where it takes us and to, creating content around that and, um, you know, still educating about nutrition and the importance of having single and great or not single and great, but having, you know, like more nutritious and healthier treats. If you're going to be using treats and just being open to wherever this journey takes me. Um, but not so much, I think off the top of my head, not so much like my business being, different than what I expected I would say but the evolution
0: is like a the evolution like what you said is a Mm -hmm. perfect example
1: yeah yeah and it's kind of just and I guess it's accepting in the sense that like you are being open to that and going with that like with Kono I know that he's not a brewery dog or a cafe dog as much as you know, I'd love him to hang out with me. And and in some places he can where it's not as crowded. And I know there aren't really going to be dogs there, but that's not necessarily what he wants. He mm-hmm. can do it, but all he really wants is to be with me and to do what I'm doing. And that could be hanging out in my backyard. It could be, you know, going to a nearby park that's more empty, um, and things like that. And so that's kind of Just that openness that I've approached
0: my businesses with as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that is the perfect example. I kind of threw that one at you. (laughs) (laughs) I need to practice thinking on my feet. (laughs) Yeah, you're doing great. (laughs) You've had a lot of practice, so it it shows, it shows. What is your favorite part about having a career path inspired by and filled with dogs?
1: I think for me, it's really the people. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. So as much as I love dogs, I really love that through Kono's Kitchen and hopefully through Space to Fail as it grows. I really love that I am connecting with all these different people who love dogs as much Mm -hmm. as I do, you know, and to be able to with Kono's Kitchen, to be able to be there to support other people as they're going through what they're going through, and to bring people together. And I've always been a connector of people. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, like when I was younger, I had different groups of friends and I always really loved when they all came together and we all hung out together, like connecting this friend to that friend who later on, you know, they became roommates and stuff like that. So like, I just really loved bringing communities together. And so I feel like that's what I want to do with Kono's Kitchen. Like I want to bring communities and people together. I want, people to learn from each other and to ask each other questions and to grow together. And that's something that, you know, I really love about what I get to do. Mm -hmm.
0: That's one of the reasons that I love podcasting so much is because I feel like I really connect with people on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. And I like genuinely love talking to people about like their life experiences and like kind of their thoughts and what they're going through And it's, it's very energizing for me, actually. Like I always come out of a podcast recording feeling so good. Me too. So Yeah. I feel like we're very similar in that, in that way. Um, Yeah. And, and yeah, I think that's a great answer. I've never really thought about it in that way, but I feel like that's one of the reasons that I love posting on social media so much as well. And kind of like creating that content for people to relate to and for people Mm -hmm. to be, you know, like find someone else in the comments that's going through the exact same thing as you.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's funny because if like, I think they talk about it in the dog training industry as well, for people who want to go into dog training, want to be a trainer, you don't do it. If you love dogs, you do it. If you like teaching people, because a lot of that is really about just the people that
0: you're going to be teaching. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Dog training is literally all about teaching the human. It's Mm -hmm. like 95% teaching the human 5% teaching. We have so much to learn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Right. So last but not least, I try to ask this to everyone. I've Mm -hmm. forgotten one person like I've forgotten to ask one person this and ever since I've like (laughs) been so cringy (laughs) I know I've been so cringy about it but what does having a dog mom mentality mean to you I thought about
1: this and my answer doesn't reflect what I actually do I think it reflects more so what I where I want to be so for me Having a dog mom mentality means taking care of yourself first so that you can be at your best and so that you can be there for your dog. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so that's something that I think I'm still kind of just trying to figure out like what that means to me. Like even like we talked about how I have a hard time prioritizing time for myself
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: part of that is I don't really know what fulfills me. Like for me, fulfilling is something that's fulfilling is like taking Kono out and training with him. That's what makes me happy. Right. And I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm like, well, that's okay. You know, like, even though it is also for him, like it is also for me. And so that's Mm -hmm. something that I really love to do. And it just happens to be with him and it happens to be for him, but it's more fulfilling to me than like going out and going for a one mile walk or run by myself. That doesn't sound fun.
0: Yes. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally get that. And I think like, you know, improving on your self-care is, is something that everyone is, is always going to be constantly working on. I don't think anyone's ever going to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with Marama and my self-care. I feel like just like anything else, there's probably going to be ups and downs, but there's always going to be, you know, I could be a little bit better. And so, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to try a little bit harder to, to take care of myself. And that's one thing that I love to focus on, just because I think you taking care of yourself and giving yourself the space that you need to decompress or or do your own thing, however, you may may need that or find that. Um, you know, it can really reflect on. Your relationship with your dog and how you interact with them. And then in turn, you know, how you interact with the rest of your world and the rest of your environment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think one example would be not bringing him with me if I go grab a coffee and just having Mm -hmm. coffee by myself. I think that's something that I can do for me that's also doing something for him because he, one, It gets me out of the house. It gets me, you know, time to myself where I can just think and reflect or read or do whatever I want to do without him. And during that time, I'm also not stressing about the environment. I'm not, I I still scan a little bit because I think it's kind of just become second nature. Yeah. Where a dog will come like in the vicinity and I'm just like, oh shoot, but it's not with me. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's fine. (laughs) It still happens. But just having that time where I'm not as stressed and then it's doing something for him because he doesn't want to be there. If he were there, he would be stressed. I'd be stressed. It'd be an endless cycle. Mm -hmm. And so kind of just separating that is something that I do to take care of myself so that I can be there for him.
0: Yeah. And just being able to come back with like a a good mood and a a fresh mindset so Mm -hmm. that you can like fully pay attention to him. Once you get back home, instead of like trying to to juggle for like while you're out about type of thing.
1: Yeah. And honestly, sometimes there have been moments where I do take him out with me and I feel resentful mm-hmm. because I see other dogs that are, you know, they're okay with other dogs being around. Luckily he's good with people. And I think that would be really tough, but like he, I see other dogs who are not reactive, Mm -hmm. um, and who look like they enjoy being there. I I also see dogs who look like they don't enjoy being out, but they're not reactive, but that's the story. Um, but just, um, because of that, like, like you said, I can come back and I can, you know, give more of myself to him without feeling that resentment, without feeling like, without feeling guilty, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, that's something that took me a long time to get to is to the point where I didn't feel guilty leaving him at home. And sometimes I still do, Mm -hmm. but I think I've, I've done a lot better about taking time for myself without him. Um, and knowing that he's okay being created at home or he's okay, you know, at home without me with my partner, whoever else. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something that I think, um, has been a learning experience for me. And I would say, honestly, like more recently is where I've, I've been more at peace with like leaving him and not having to do things with him 24 seven.
0: Yeah. Well, especially like if you are really into training, they like just become such a big part of your life.
1: Mm -hmm. And then everything, it's like, it's a training opportunity, right? Everything becomes a training
0: (laughs) opportunity. Yeah. And so like it is like, it's almost like kind of weird whenever you like take that first step to go do something on your own that you Mm normally would like like, take them with you for that training opportunity. Right. Just because like, you're so used to them being there. Exactly. Yeah. I kind of like joked that like, I have more separation anxiety from Layla than she does for me. (laughs) And you know, it's like kind of gotten better over time, like similar to, to what you were saying. But yeah, I definitely, definitely feel that definitely relate to that. And like one thing that I've been like, not really a mantra, but just kind of like something that I've been telling myself is that 10 minutes with her that are like really intentional. I'm really focused on her is better than 20 minutes of me trying to multitask her and something else. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense.
1: No, yeah, that definitely makes sense. Just being present and in the moment with your dog, I think they can, I think they can pick up on it. You know, they can tell when you're not fully there, they can tell they don't, like when I'm not fully invested in play, Kono's not as interested. And so, you know, you can, you can tell it makes a difference.
0: Right. For sure. Well, that wraps up everything, all my questions. You were a fabulous guest, Michelle. This is so fun. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for hitting those questions that I like didn't brief you about.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no worries.
1: I'll have to return the favor when I have you on space to fail. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. We'll tell everyone where they can find you on social media and your website. So
1: I am, um, for Kona's kitchen, it's at uh, on Instagram at it's Kono's Kitchen, I-T-S Kono's Kitchen, K-O-N-O-S. And then Space to Fail should be at Space to Fail by the time I think it this is. episode comes out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So find me at Space to Fail. And then the website for that is Space to Fail.com
0: right and then your podcast is also space to fail my
1: podcast is also space to fail yeah so that's on spotify apple podcasts um pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts
0: okay perfect well thank you for for coming on i really enjoyed this conversation thank you for having and me yeah I'm, I'm gonna be so excited to put it out i can't wait to listen to it okay thanks michelle thanks Thank you all for listening to another episode of the dog mom mentality podcast my name is caroline you can find us on instagram and tiktok at dog mom mentality and if you haven't already please make sure to rate review and subscribe wherever you are listening i hope you have a great rest of your day and if nothing else i hope you get to play with your dog today